What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Are you sure you're not nervous? We'll see. We'll see? We'll see. I mean, it could be tricky. It could be. Could be tricky. You might ask something silly. You know? You never know. You never know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Legion OST DIY Outdoors Podcast. Today we have Alan... How the fuck do I pronounce your last name? <laughs> Brunetta. 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 Get the Italian in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So today we have Alan Brunetta, not Beretta, Brunetta. You gotta emphasize the Bru. R. Bru. Brunetta. Brunetta. Yeah. Okay. Are you Italian? I am. You're an Italian stallion. Hey, damn right. Just like Ben. Who's Ben? Ben was on a different podcast that I just did. And that's how we opened the podcast was Ben the Italian Stallion. He doesn't know that, though. Okay. It was kind of a a curveball at him. So, Alan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Well, my name's Alan Brunetta. I live... uh in Rona Park, California. I grew up in Sonoma County pretty much my whole life. Um, married to a wonderful wife named Missy. Got a eight-year-old son named Jackson. Yeah. Um, been hunting almost all my life. Yeah. Shooting bows. and. Well, it's almost time to start getting Jackson in the field. He, he goes with me. Yeah. 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 Not as much as I like, but... He goes when you when you get it when you get time for him to come. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, um, how long have you been in the archery world? Uh, well, I've been shooting a bow since I think I was about probably ten. Uh huh. Um, been shooting <clears throat> pretty much ever since. Um, not as heavy as I am now. Hans first opened the shop, you know, I really... Back at the old location. Back at the old location. At West Coast Archery. Eight years ago. Yeah. Um, we really picked up the archery game. Yeah. And well, because I remember way, way back in the day, like 2010, I'd have to call first to find out if West Coast Archery was open. Because if I remember correctly, Hans was still working his job at Lagunitas. Yeah. He was still working over there. Yeah, so... So he'd go to work and then go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hans and I went to high school together. Yeah, you guys have so known, known each other forever. for quite a while. Yeah, that's like and your he, hunting buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he opened up the shop. Um, it was unfortunate, but a fortunate situation where I was laid off of work. Mm-hmm. So I had a, had a new house, <laughs> uh, a four four month old son <laughs> and no job. And how long had you been married at the time? Uh, two years, three years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've I've been helping Hans down at the shop since he opened. You yeah. Know, so he helped he helped me out. He got you into archery and into got, more competitive. Yeah. Because that's kind of what you do now. You do a lot of competitive shooting. Yeah. You travel a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean. You you know that's. You know, because I've always, every time I see you at the shop, it's always like, I'm going to this next archery tournament, you know, Vegas, you know, wherever it may be, you're always getting ready, gearing up to get on the road. Yeah. 
you know, and, and hit the next tournament. Um, so you said you've been doing archery since 10. Did you start out with a traditional bow or? Yeah, I would never really been in traditional. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad had bought me just a, you know, like a $40 little bear compound bow. Yeah. Um, me and my brother. And so we, we were always out trying to shoot rabbits in the field. You know, I grew up uh-huh. out in the country, so that was... That Fun. was nice. Yeah. You know, we had, we were always out trying to shoot something. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. And life. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You know, we had our BB guns, we had our bows, our yeah. pellet guns. You know, we're, we're shooting starlings and blackbirds and running around trying to shoot rabbits. Mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah, because when I, so when I was a kid, I started shooting a bow because my dad made his own traditional bows. So, you know, obviously it was just diving right into archery right as a kid and then boy scouts and Mm -hmm. you know all the other things i guess that were normal i don't know if they're still normal but it was normal back then for sure it's the normal now is a little different than our normal back Back the 80s like mid 80s normal for kids growing up and i'm sure there's guys that are like mid 80s (laughs) you should have been normal when i was in my 75s (laughs) (laughs) but anyways so i'd always be running around up at my cabin with my bow shooting ground squirrels Mm -hmm. that was like like my you know my 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 biggest thing you know and we'd be like running circles and trying to find the next hole they're gonna pop out of so i could totally relate to that oh yeah you know what i mean just causing mayhem as a child yeah super fun so you kind of grew up your whole life shooting bows Mm -hmm. and when did you get into compound bows then um Right out of, well, I, you know, like I said, I was shooting that compound when I was young. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, kind of high school, right after high school, I got, I kind of got reconnected with it and, and more serious. And mm-hmm. that was when I bought my first Matthews. Yeah. Matthews bow. So, um, right about then, you know, I got pretty heavy into hunting. Mm-hmm. Competition stuff was never. Not even on the radar line, yet. No. Okay. So, so we you were, started out uh, hunting first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we started out hunting, just deer hunting, pig hunting, turkey. Now is that like local, all A zone coastal yeah. stuff? All A okay. zone. Yeah. Um, I didn't venture out of A zone till quite a while after you'd gotten into it. Yeah. In high so, school. Um. So yeah, just all local. Mm-hmm. You know who who whose property can we go hunt? Where can we shoot some yeah. pigs at? Yeah. Because pigs are three sixty five. So. Yeah. You can't so. beat that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get into the competition until uh, Hans opened up West Coast Archery. Oh, okay. So you said you started out pretty much essentially shooting Matthews. Mm-hmm. What brought you to make that decision for you? You know what I mean for your per, for yourself as a person instead of whatever other you know mainline main brand there was in the market at the time. What yeah. as an archer brought you to that that company? That was just always the the bow to have, <clears throat> you know. The go to. The go to. Everyone was yeah. shooting Matthews. Yeah. And I think uh, I want to remember back to it was the uh, MQ one. Mm-hmm. Had the old look like a real tree, their own camo pattern. Yeah. You know, it was it was a good bow. I have a good old Matthews bow hung yeah. up. I wish my, I still had it in my entryway over there. But yeah, that was the Matthews was the go to. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of with the. The group of friends I had and, and yeah. family members, it was like, if you're going to buy a bow, you buy Matthews. That's what you do. That's what you do. Now, 
Was this still aluminum shafted arrows, or had yeah. carbon fiber come out yet? They they came out a little but bit. My you know first set of good arrows were aluminum. How funny is that? Yeah, isn't that so bizarre to think back? Like, I have a a, a basket over next to my fireplace. There's probably 150 or 200 different types of aluminum shaft arrows. Yeah, we'll dig through it when we're done with this. Yeah. but like yeah, the old XX 75s yeah. and yeah. Old, old, old wood crap. compound bows. <laughs> yeah. I killed my first deer with a wood compound yeah. bow, you know? I never had the wood compound. Oh, really? But, yeah, I didn't shoot aluminum shafts for very long. Okay. You know, then graduated. Got into to, uh, carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. It's funny, back when I was 18, Hans and I worked at the same bow shop in Santa Rosa. Uh huh. You know, right, after, right out of high school. Yeah. We both work for the same shop up there. Is that shop still there? No. Oh, they've no, since passed. What what shop was it? Extreme Outdoors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, that's where we both kind of got our taste of archery technology uh-huh. and and uh, um, just be able to work on them. So, when you started out, were you shooting like a three pin or a five pin or a five pin? Five pin. Yeah. And was it a spot hog or? No, she, was Spot Hog even out yet? Spot I can't Hog, remember. I don't think they were out yet. Probably, probably not. Yeah, that was that was a while ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So it's not that I'm, yeah. I'm not calling you old. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, growing up in Sonoma County, mm-hmm. you're out hunting turkeys, you're hunting pigs, mm-hmm. you know, you're hunting blacktail wherever you can get a chance. Yeah. How hard was it? To like run around, try to acquire, or then if you couldn't acquire land to hunt on, would you go hunt public land? What was it like? Um, I never really hunted too much public land. Luckily, yeah. uh, knew enough people. We knew enough people. Um, unfortunately, my dad was never into hunting, uh-huh. but where we grew up, my uncle and my cousin lived right next door to me. Yeah. So I would just uh, tag along with them and. Uncle Steve, he, he, yeah. he knew the spots. You know? And that was how you kind of got that's into how, it. That's how we got into it. How cool is that? Man? Yeah. That's so crazy. He, he's the one who took me, uh, I killed my first deer when I was like 14 with a rifle. Oh, you've killed a deer? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I was just hey, pointing that out. I, I get them once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, you killed your first deer at 14. Mm-hmm. How big of a deer was it? Oh, he was a, a puny little... It's a fork and horn. horn. Le- legal buck. Legal buck. Yeah. He was goofy. We, uh, he probably only had three-inch forks. Yeah. Maybe like 12 wide, but one side during velvet was pointed down. Uh-huh. So... So it dropped. Yeah, it, it was cool. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I got some bucks I can show you inside where you're just smaller than... Yeah, but I, you know, I was happier than hell. Why wouldn't you be? But... You know, the bummer thing about that were, back then, uh, the club that my uncle took me to, I never got to eat any of that meat. Oh, really? It went right to the club members. Oh, really? So. Wow, that's crazy. But I still have the antlers. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasted. They they all enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, they all loved it. You know, but at the same time, I mean, you could argue, like, would you have appreciated... I mean, sure, you would have appreciated your first taste, but would yeah. you have had it again before your dad ate it all or someone else ate all of it yeah. out from under you? Yeah. You know, because, like, I know for me, when I was young, like, 
even if I would have would have uh, you're 14 when you killed your first yeah. year. So I was like in my 20s when I killed my first year. Okay. You know, and I started hunting out the gate at 12. Yeah. You know, so it took me 10 or 11 years to kill my first year. Yeah. And uh, if, say, I had killed one when I was younger, I don't know if I could sit here and be like, I totally was appreciative of that meat when I was a kid. I might like try to say it, but I'd just be so full of shit. Yeah. Be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like... We can look at it now and we can understand the trials and the tribulations and the pain and the suffering and like all the mental warfare, mental battles that we go in in our heads. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. when we harvest that animal, when we kill that animal and we pack it out and we cut it up or we take it to a butcher and then we're sitting there with six people eating fresh venison tacos, you Delicious. know, or fresh backstrap. Like, we can appreciate that, yeah. right? As to where, like, when I'm 14, man, like, I probably am not going to pay any attention to any yeah, of that. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? I'm going to be like, cool, yeah. I killed it. All right, what's next? Yeah. You know, it's like shooting those ground squirrels, right? Yeah. Or shooting the rabbits. Like, I didn't know shit about deer hunting. Right? Right? Yeah. My yeah. uncle put me up on a stand and said, here. Shoot sit, the first legal here. thing that comes by. If a legal buck comes, you shoot it. Yeah. That poor deer. <laughs> Came out with a crooked antler and everything. Crooked antler. All I knew, he had a fork. You're all, he's legal. It only took me five shots to get him. but Did it really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Quiet bow then, I guess. No. He didn't no. go anywhere. Rifle. Oh, it was a rifle. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How far? I don't know. Like 150 yards, maybe. No, that's not bad. What caliber? Uh, it was a 280. 280. Yeah, my cousin Wes couldn't make the trip that weekend, so Uncle Steve took me. And you took Wes's I gun. I took Wes's gun. Yeah. I didn't have my own Wes gun. Wes was pissed. He was pissed. Because you shot his deer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. So. I, I didn't know any, you know, the shooting downhill, you know. To, yeah. I was, I mean, I was just, just blazing away. Yeah. Yeah. So, going from there. Did you, was there any, like, did you go kill any pigs? Did you kill any turkeys? Your first deer, what was your next hunt? First, what was your next animal you got first into? First deer, and then um, we did a lot of duck hunting. Uh-huh. Duck and uh, pheasant hunting. What kind of uh, shotgun are you shooting? Back then, my dad had bought me, it was actually a family gun he got from his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an old Ithaca 20 gauge. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, that's a badass little pump gun. I love that thing. Yeah, you still got it. Then. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I shot that for a bit. Um, and I, we did a lot of duck hunting. Like I said, Uncle Steve took me. Um, went out to Grizzly Island a lot. Mm-hmm. We hunted that quite a bit. Yeah. And then a few other refuges. And nice. Main focus kind of turned into duck hunting. Yeah. And upland hunting for chucker and... All that um, kind of stuff. Quail and... Those old shotguns are great, aren't they? Oh. I got a uh, old 410. It was my grandfather's. He bought it at Fairfax Lumber. Oh, really? At Fairfax Lumber in Marin. Right? Double barrel 410 shotgun hanging in a window. He bought it. Nice. So when he was a kid, he was running around West Marin, you know, shooting anything that moved, probably. Who knows? And uh, he. 
one day, <laughs> one day he put his four t- his his ten his four ten cartridge in the chamber, and then he dropped a twenty two caliber bullet on top of it. So he down the barrel down the barrel. So he's walking around with what he thinks is the most amazing round the planet has ever seen. It's going to kill anything. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, lo and behold, rabbit, bird, who knows what he was shooting at. He was shooting at something. And he, and he goes to shoot, and he shoots. Obviously, he shoots the 410 cartridge and the 22 go off. So, I still have this shotgun. It's in my safe. If you look right at the end of the barrel, right at the tip of the barrel, there's a bulge in the side where the 22 <laughs> was ricocheting down the barrel. And I mean, right before, maybe before it came out or whatever, it just put a nice dent in the inside of the barrel. But I still use that shotgun to this oh, day. I still hit birds with it. That's awesome. Great shotgun. Yeah. Love those old shotguns. Yeah, I, I think that's all. I don't think I've. I don't think I bought a brand new gun till I was in my well into your late twenties yeah. into my early thirties. Yeah, like we never bought new guns. You know, we, how old are you? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven? Are you really? I look twenty-three. I, I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, and here I always thought I was older than you. I'm only thirty-three. So yeah, I'm a baby compared yeah. to you. You're like yeah, that's right. My wife's a couple years older than me, so it makes me feel a lot younger. Makes you feel better. Yeah, that helps. That's, you know, that's a good playing field yeah. to be on. That's awesome. Um, so, no pigs, really? No? No, we we could talk about pigs later. They're my nemesis. Well, I heard, I mean, when it comes to pig hunting, like, is there kind of a cloud around that? Yeah. There I, is. I fixed it, though. You did? Yeah. I, Last year? The year before. Two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, like. Okay. I, I had a hard time with pigs, like. I have a hard time with pigs. I can shoot deer. I can shoot turkeys. Yeah. With whatever. a bow or with, with a bow. rifle? With my bow. Okay. You know, no problem. Yeah. But. So I you've think... harvested with your bow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Quite an ongoing joke. Quite a few. It's an ongoing yeah. joke. But, uh, yeah, pig. I don't know, man. Something about those pigs. They're tough. Yeah. I might have possibly crippled a few pigs in my day. They're pigs. Um, yeah, you know which sucks, but yeah. I finally broke that curse two years two, ago, two years back, yeah. and, I, and I finally. I feel like I remember when bow. that happened. Yeah, yeah, like maybe getting a picture text message or yeah, something along so, those lines. It was an epic trip that Joe, Jojo and I did. You and Jojo, yeah. See now, Jojo needs more of a presence. Yeah, because if I want to know what's going on with little Jojo. I gotta ask Jamie because I never see Jojo. He yeah he doesn't come out too of often. the cave. Yeah, he needs no, he's to like, duck hunting cave. Duck hunting cave. Duck hunting cave mm-hmm. or or deer hunting cave. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. working cave. Yeah, he's a cave man. Cave man. Yeah, so, you guys, all your cave dwellings. I know. Um, but so, what would you say for you? We'll go back to archery. Okay. Um, it's 2010, and you kind of start diving into competitive archery. Yeah. Right, the, target shooting. Uh-huh. Well, 
um, right when Hans opened West Coast Archery, which mm-hmm. was back then his name was uh, Avid Bow Hunter. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I was in the shop constantly helping. Like I said, I was unemployed for, for quite a while there yeah. for about a year and a half. So I was in the shop all the time helping, doing what I can. And, you know, Hans was, was grateful, Hans and Adrian, to, you know, kick me down some money so I can yeah. help, you know, feed the family. But uh, so we started looking around and, you know, kind of going, all right, let's, how can we improve our shop and make, make you know, get more customers? Yeah. You know, get our name out there. So we started kind of looking around, venturing out and finding, uh, you know, the local clubs, you know, and even going down to, uh, we first started going down to Novato yeah. to a club down there. Indoor club. Indoor. Yeah. And we didn't know shit about target shooting. Yeah. You know, we just, we just ever bow hunted. So, you know, we threw together a couple, couple bows and, uh, you know, we were going down there shooting 70 pound bows and, you know, at 20 yards, mm-hmm. you know, killing ourselves to shoot, you know, 60, 70 arrows for a tournament. Oh God. So we started, we started looking around, seeing what other people were shooting going, okay, we got to Let's get Gotta switch let's this get, up a little let, bit. Yeah, let's get be a little easier on yeah, ourselves. Yeah, let's get separate bows so we can go shoot these tournaments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when we we were setting up, you know, a, a target only bow. We weren't yeah. using for hunting, and we would go around and shoot. And you are know, you using like ten foot stabilizers off the front? No, that was uh, we we were strictly uh, in the bow hunter freestyle class, which mm-hmm. is. When you when you shoot a tournament, you put yourself into a class. Yeah. Depending on what kind of equipment you have, so the bow hunter freestyle is. So you have you have your bow. You can only have uh, a five pin sight. Mm-hmm. That's non adjustable and no more than a twelve inch stabilizer coming off the front. Yeah. Okay. So we were doing that because it was well, it's like a hunting setup, you know, bow hunter freestyle. Mm-hmm. It means you, you use a release aid, and you follow those rules. So that's how we started was shooting bow hunter freestyle. So then we started going around and hitting all these, you know, shoots at different clubs, you know, over in the East Bay and the South Bay, you know, wherever we could to to kind of advertise for the shop and go shoot tournaments. Yeah. So that's how we got started into to the target world. Mm-hmm. Um now got, coming coming from being a hunter going into the target world, was there crossover or was it just a completely different beast altogether? Um, both, because uh-huh. some of the tournaments we went to were three uh, D tournaments. Okay, where you just shoot, you know, the the life size foam animals, Bigfoot. Yeah, you know what I mean, panda bears, panda bears, yeah. tigers. Yeah, you know, some of these shoots have some cool ass targets. Yeah, so that was like man, this is great practice for, for hunting. Yeah. And then some of the tournaments were you shoot spots, Mm -hmm. you know, just a paper target with, with the rings on it. Yeah. So it was both, you know, it was like, okay, we got to shoot these spots. And you're fairly good at, I mean, now. Now. Yeah. Back then we, we sucked. Oh really? Yeah. So it was just across the board all over the place. The 3D animals we did pretty good, but yeah, something about shooting spots, it, takes a certain mindset well it's different right it totally changed and and i and i'll reference this back to like pew pew life and and shooting steel targets with a rifle right it's definitely yeah exactly 22 (laughs) where 
I could shoot paper targets, right? And then I'd switch over to steel. And for whatever reason, when I first started, I I like just had the biggest trouble hitting steel targets. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, time and practice and effort and energy put into it. You know, you you I I acquired the ability to, you know, yeah, be better at it, more proficient. You know, but so I can. I'm just saying, I can relate yeah. to what you're talking no, absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Then uh, let's see. We did that for a year or two, shooting the bow hunter freestyle, and then I I really got addicted to the competition. So things got serious. Yeah, is what you're it, telling me. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> Hans and I. One year we decided this was five or six years ago. We're like, hey, why don't we go to the biggest archery tournament in the world? Yeah. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah. You know and. Some of the listeners. And you go to Vegas fairly often. Now, now, now I, every now year. I, we've gone, I've gone every year. Because you guys just started the 3D League where you were just doing some Vegas like prep shooting or something yeah, last now, Tuesday? Yeah, on Thursday we're doing a, Thursday. a Vegas League. Yeah. Which uh, a Vegas target is uh, three spots. You got the, the gold, red, and blue. Mm-hmm. You shoot three arrows, 10 times, 30 arrows scored. Yeah. Um, so. And currently, that's the the biggest tournament in the world, I believe. Yeah. Um, this year coming up should should have about four thousand shooters. Oh wow! So. And how do you place in that now? Um. Well, now I'm shooting in the pro class, so I'm playing with the big dogs. Yeah. And uh, I'm Vegas. I'm right about middle of the pack. Uh huh. So that's that's a tough one. So out of how how many shooters are pro class shooters there? Or there'll be, there'll be probably, I'm guessing maybe 500 in the championship. Oh class. wow, really? Yeah. Wow. So it's 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 tough competition. So you're placing right around the middle in the Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, for indoor tournaments like Vegas, um, there's no room for error. You well, can't. I would imagine in something at that level, ten points can change you a hundred positions right going from like 250 and i mean i don't i don't i don't understand how it all works but like 10 points can make you from you know 250 position to like 125 yeah you know what i mean and i'm throwing out bs numbers because i'm completely oblivious to all of it if you if you drop two points you might as well just pack up and go to the bar oh really yeah it's that tight yeah wow yeah wow so so 10 points would be like 10, 10 points, you better re reevaluate your unless your you're ten points shot. ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no ten points ahead. There is not. <laughs> wow, really? The margins are that slim. Yeah. You either shoot perfect, or uh, best chance scenario in Vegas is the lucky dog. Which so, is? Let me explain real quick. There's three days of shooting: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, each day you'll shoot one game. Mm-hmm which is 10 rounds, 30 arrows, for a max points of 300. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the competition, max points will be 900. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you shoot a 900, you're in the shoot-off. If, let's say, you drop your one point and shoot an 899, the, all the people that shoot 899s, they have a shoot-off called the Lucky Dog, and if you win that shoot-off, you get bumped up into... The mm-hmm. 900. So that's like the wild card in yeah. baseball. Yeah. Okay. So 
It's have you made it there? No, not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. No. You will though. I'm gonna. You're gonna do I'm it. I'm gonna. This year. This year. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm shooting a lot better. Good. So. Good. That 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 there is probably the hardest hardest game to play. Competition in archery in this, is it. Vegas. Really. The pressure. The the the. Now, does the lighting there change? So, like, if you're shooting in the lighting there compared to shooting in the lighting in the shop and the in the archery range inside the shop, yeah, does that affect your shot placement at all? Or no, no. Um, I get there two days prior, uh-huh. so I get a chance acclimate. To, to acclimate and practice in the environment that yeah. we're going to shoot. Yeah. So that definitely helps. You know, I can make some fine adjustments in mm-hmm. the practice range and stuff like that. So. Switching into hunting a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you're doing the leagues and, and all that kind of stuff, competitive sh- target shooting, are you using the same release when you're target shooting as you're using when you're hunting? I do. So you don't, there's no change whatsoever. Uh-huh. You keep everything <laughs> uniform. Everything's now, the same on the release end. On the release. So does that help you? I mean, obviously, because that takes less out of less room for error I guess or having to reteach yourself something else when you're changing over I'd assume right yeah okay yeah okay um but go, going back to um when we were shooting with avid bow hunter yeah when Hans and I and then, you know Hoagie jumped in on, yeah. on board you know as kind of like shop shooters and mm-hmm. <clears throat> tried to go out and represent the shop um I got pretty involved in uh in the competition kind of got to me you know overwhelmed yeah there's a there's a just like hunting you know you get that buck in front of you you get all excited yeah same thing with competition for me you know i i like it you know you get the adrenaline rush from it yeah you you want to do so good so then i switched over and kind of i almost i i probably shoot more competition than i do hunting Mm -hmm. just the way it works but I definitely found shooting the tournaments and improving my skills there where the skills, there's a lot of skills to shoot a bow good, mm-hmm. but you could just focus on shooting a bow versus like when you're hunting, you have to be a good shot and a good hunter. Yeah. So the skills I learned just shooting a bow definitely helped me hundredfold in the hunting aspect of it. Yeah. You know, in the field, the the ability to, to shoot the bow and understand how the bow is going to react and, you know, how to set it up properly. Well, and that goes into also practice, 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 you know, which like for me this year with archery, my biggest failure, it wasn't, it wasn't my sight. It wasn't my bow. It wasn't, you know, any of all of these different, you know, layers upon layers of things that can go wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, what had happened for me is I had rested on my laurels, right? I had, I had become extremely proficient with the site that I had used for, you know, six years prior to the changing my bow site last year. So when it came time to practice and become efficient with my new bow site, you know, and I went out and was trying to take these shots that were slam dunk shots for me all day long, mm-hmm. expecting my proficiency to be as equal as it was with my previous sight. 
it was not the case whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I schooled myself and like, dude, I need to like step it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Changing any product and that goes into your release, which is probably why you're running the same release all year long. You have to relearn the product that you're going to use in order to be proficient with it in the yeah. field, in the hunting field, you know, when yep. you come off of whatever else it yeah. is that you're doing for practice. It's just the same thing as, I don't know, you, you drive your car every single day. Yeah. You know how the gas pedal is, you know how the brake is, you know yeah. the blind spots, everything. And then all of a sudden you jump in your buddy's truck yeah, and you're like, oh, well, oh, you know, why is this gas pedal so touchy? Yeah, or, you know, is there a car there? I can't see. Him. <laughs> you know, it's just a mess. Yeah. So, do I have enough to hit this gap, or is it too yeah, big of a car? Yeah. yeah. Whatever you can do <laughs> to make it easier. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are the avid bow hunter. Yep. That was that was back. Uh, we were. I mean, the shop was in. Uh, the shop was smaller, smaller than, your garage. than the garage. Yeah, you know, it was, yeah. it was tiny. Yeah, it was, I remember going in there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. We were we were there. You know, because I always used to drive to the Napa shop. Yeah, to go out there, mm-hmm. and then the worst would be like I was going to come up here, and then I'd get here, and then I go oh, be closed, and I have to go all the way out to Napa. Yeah, like damn it. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, and then I moved up here, and the shop moved, and. Yeah, then we worked out way better. And uh, moved the shop over to the current location. Yeah. There on uh, Pelham Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, had the in- big indoor range, you know. Yeah. Big, big showroom. And, you know, by this time I, I got a job. Yeah, job, so that a job. That was good. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I helped out at the shop when I could. Yeah. But still, you know, slowly started progressing my archery game. Uh huh. You know, figuring out which equipment works, which equipment doesn't work. For you, it's a, as a shooter. Yeah. Or, yeah. So. Archer. But, yeah, you know, we're we're going to Vegas and uh, up in Reading has a... a well, really you did big, fairly well in Reading this last year, didn't this, you? This last year, I did I did really good in Reading. My best finish up there, I think I tied in about the 12th spot. For the state? That, was a, that wasn't a state shoot. That oh, okay. That was a NFAA uh, 3D marked nationals i believe uh-huh called the western trail shoot oh okay um <clears throat> the reading fire just blew out half their club oh wow so they're uh they lost a lot of stuff but they're rebuilding so yeah. they'll, be, they'll be back up and running for this next year really you should definitely go if i can i will there's no excuses there's plenty of excuses i don't no, know what you're talking about shit. have you met have you met me yeah you guys are out doing that i'm out Halfway around the world. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing either. Flying around on a magic carpet. But yeah, I, I did really good. I think I was about... Put my hand out. I'll show you the world, baby. I can show <laughs> you the world. Yeah. That's but this last year was a, was a good tournament year yeah. for me. You know, uh, I I do travel for, for uh, quite a few shoots, but mm-hmm. I do do a lot of local shoots. Um, there's a... <clears throat> A shoot that's put on by Outlaw Archers mm-hmm. called the, um, it's just the Outlaw, it's a tour. There's mm-hmm. three shoots, two in California, one in Oregon. Uh, did really good, placed quite a few times. Um, me and uh, Hoagie was my partner. Yeah. So he, we, uh, we did all three shoots, and at the end, uh, we won King of Outlaw. 
Really? So that was pretty good. You and Hoagie did? Yeah. Hoagie just makes me smile, man. Yeah. Like, he's a big old bear. He's a, a teddy bear. <laughs> Nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Unless you piss him off. I've seen that one. I time. haven't done that yet. Yeah. God forbid I ever do. That'll be on another podcast. That'd be a whole podcast. That was back back in the day. Oh yeah, you yeah. pissed him off. No. Oh, you saw somebody else, else yeah. piss him off. Oh okay. Yeah, he's a hard guy to hold back. Yeah, I don't think that anybody could hold him back. I can. Can you? Yeah. I mean, you now or you then? Both. Both. Yeah. I mean, that's a tall order. Yeah. He's a grizzly bear. He is. He'll kill some people. Nah. Nah. <laughs> He'll hug him to death. <laughs> He'll hug him. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good year. Yeah. For, uh, tournaments, um, made quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. You gotta love winning Shooting money. competitively, yeah. you're making money. Yeah. So that's like a side job. <clears throat> yeah. 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 That's awesome. Shoot, shooting as a pro, mm-hmm. I can write it off as a business. Uh-huh. So I can write off all my archery expenses. Uh-huh. So that's definitely... That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah, especially when you're spending that much money on entry fees and hotels and flights. Travel. And, yeah. Yeah, the whole... It can get expensive. Yeah, I bet. But it's fun. I mean, I can't stress enough, even if you don't want to shoot tournaments, go and pick a couple tournaments throughout the year just to enhance your archery skills. Yeah. Because they're a blast. Yeah, you well, shot you shot them before, you know, not not. Well, like I do the but I do the 3D West Coast shoot, the yeah, broad, the, the last broad chance broadhead shoot, which this year is actually going to be an entire weekend, which yeah, I'm like be, thrilled about. It's going to be epic. I'm totally thrilled about yeah, that. Like we should, should flip flop. We're gonna. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, there's. That's good because someone's going to need to bring the deer. Right. <laughs> Someone needs to shoot a deer. Oh wait. <clears throat> But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Friday night, there's a couple different things coming up. I think it'll be like, I think B zone blacktail and, and A zone blacktail and hunting blacktail. Yeah. Um, maybe with a video or something like that as well. Everybody getting to camp and all that kind of stuff. Saturday morning will be a hunter's education course. Are you going to make breakfast? Am I? I'm, am I? Who doesn't like breakfast? Who doesn't like brekkie? Yeah. Brekkie and eggs. Mm. Mm. Right? Delicious. Delicious. Uh, after the hunter's education course, we'll do a blood tracking seminar. Um, and then I think there Who's might... be providing the blood? Uh, the Barbados. Ooh. We're going to stick a Barbados. Uh, are we going to cook it? After the skinning seminar. Oh. So... We're going to do, I know, it's kind of like a full-packed weekend of hunting stuff, right? So, there will be the blood tracking seminar, and then Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a pack seminar and, like, different ways for packing and all that kind of stuff, followed up with the skinning seminar, right? Because we're going to have the Barbados and someone's going to do a skinning seminar on the Barbados. And then after that, we'll go into mule deer hunting in the Sierras. And then Sunday is going to be the broadhead shoot. Then there's going to be a bunch of raffles and prizes and stuff like that. Yeah, we we always have a great raffle. Yeah. We got some great support with a lot of our vendors. Yeah. 
you know, and those those uh, co- uh, companies in the outdoor industry always hook us up with some yeah. good stuff. Well, and that's one of the coolest things about the outdoor industry, man. Is like so, it's like a it's like a a brotherhood or a fellowship. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of yeah. there to help out each other and and make sure that you know. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be a May seventeenth. Yeah. That brought at you May seventeenth, starting 18th Friday, nineteenth. Yeah, starting Friday, May seventeenth. Yeah. Yeah. And camping's available out there for anyone who wants to. Yeah, it's going to be. From what I understand, uh, camping all weekend, Friday and Saturday, and then I think there's going to be food Saturday night and food Sunday afternoon after the shoot with yeah. the raffle. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm pumped for it. I hope you win. I don't want to win. Why not? Because I want to cook. Oh. Are you still going to shoot it, though? I, yeah. I mean, last year I shot it a little bit. But I stepped on someone's bow. I missed like three targets. <laughs> I think I scored 15 out of what's the max? Uh, points per target? No, points all together. I can't remember. It's like it was, 300. It was uh, 35 targets 350? times 12. So, whatever that is. Yeah. So I scored 15. Well, maybe uh, you should get some archery lessons before then. Yeah. I can yeah. go see Peter Pan down at the shop. <laughs> I, saw, I can't remember his name. Pete. Pete. Yeah. That's right. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you some archery lessons. We could do that too. Yeah. I'm My good. elbow hangs up high. That's all right. I'm, I'm a bring high elbow down. guy. Are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember I posted a video once of me, you know, archery on Instagram. Yeah. And I think I got like 15 direct messages about how my form and this was last year it's about how my form was just atrocious and how could I be an archer and how am I archery hunting animals and oh yeah people just like hard on a guy they're hard on a guy but you know what I mean I keep killing animals with my bow so yeah form form is bad habits learned for life Form is a is could be a sensitive subject, especially uh-huh. in the tournament world, because uh-huh. there's there's guys who have textbook perfect form and they shoot great, flawless. There's guys that don't have textbook form and they shoot better and they shoot phenomenal. Yeah. So form is a subject where it could go one way or the other. You know, as long as you can do something consistently, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's guys like Real Wild, Logan Wild, that got the lean back. Mm-hmm. They shoot, you know, with their hip forward. Yeah, pushing it out. You know, there's guys that, and they just shoot lights out. Yeah. So you can't even keep up with it. No, as long as you can do it consistently, that's all that matters. That's, archery is all about consistency. Yeah, hundred percent. So, if there was anybody out there that wanted to get into target shooting, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to them? Um, definitely, I mean, if you're local, you can come down to the shop. You know, I'm always more than willing to help anybody. Yeah, so you they know? could send you a message on You could send on me Instagram. a message. What's your Instagram account? Uh, blacktail underscore gear. Uh-huh. So... 100% will help anybody. Yeah. No cost, whatever. Yeah. Just 
hit me up. Uh, I can give you advice on bow choice, setup, release, all that. Yeah. But it's a there's a lot to tournament archery. But mm-hmm. the first step is just to go to a tournament. Yeah, and check it, it out. It doesn't matter what equipment you have. You just go to one and figure out. And archers are some of the nicest people. Yeah. Um, whether you're an amateur or a pro, all you, you can walk up to anybody and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. I ask guys all the time. Yeah. Even even now, like, hey, what? I'm kind of having this problem. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, try this. Oh, perfect. That worked great. So, you just need to go to an event and look at other people's equipment. See what's going see on. See what's going on. See what guys are using. Ask questions and don't be afraid to, to switch something. Yeah. Be open, receptive. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I know. I know a lot of people where you know they'll they're afraid to to try something new. Mm-hmm. So just go for it. So if you could go back to yourself when you first started with avid avid hun- bow hunter avid bow hunter if you could go back to yourself and give yourself any advice as a starting out competitive shooter what are you what knowledge are you equipped with now that you'd tell yourself back then Oof. there's a lot is there <laughs> yeah. elaborate man um yeah the the you know we when we started, we like I said, we didn't know shit. You guys learned the entire, we, we every step of the way. It, it took us, you know, it, me personally, it took years to figure out, because we didn't have anyone. We were just we were just figuring things out on the go. Yeah. You know, let's try this. <laughs> no, that didn't DIY work. target yeah. shooting champions. DIY target right yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, just... With a shop that's just a little tiny hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Tuning uh-huh. is probably one of the biggest things. Now, know. are you saying like fine tuning, paper tuning, tuning your bow? You know, so in a nutshell, that's making sure your cams are in sequence, mm-hmm. so you don't got one turns more than the other. And now, how would you find out? Um, just you can feel it when you draw the bow if you're shooting a two cam bow. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see where your string stops are hitting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of the bows have mark timing marks. You know, making sure everything's in time. Um, paper tune it, mm-hmm. where you shoot an arrow through paper to make sure that the tear is perfect. That your arrow <clears throat> isn't leaving the bow crooked. Yeah, you know that will give you a lot of inconsistencies. Um, just proper bow setup. Mm-hmm. is the biggest is one of the biggest things yeah. you know you we get a lot of people come into the shop that maybe has has had a bow worked on by another shop or or they just don't know and they try to put a bow together and they wonder why they can't shoot good you know we, we go okay well it's not 100 percent you you know your equipment is not set up properly yeah so proper bow setup is key and then Let's see, I'll go, uh, um, if I could go back, I would teach myself how to shoot a release. <laughs> Were you, did you start out with fingers? Um, yeah, we, back in the day, we used to shoot fingers. Oh, God, isn't that so, to, like, think back of shooting with three fingers? Yeah. Like, 
It with sucks. a three finger glove. Yeah. How insane is that? Yeah. But um, <clears throat> shooting a caliper release, mm-hmm. which is a wrist strap release that you use your index finger to squeeze the trigger. Yeah. And there are right ways and there's wrong ways to do it. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other podcast, but if I could. Um, what would you say is the number one wrong way that people use a caliper release? Uh, punch the trigger. Punch the trigger. Like just slam fire it. Slam it. Yeah. Their finger is an inch away from the trigger, and they just drop it on there yeah, like yeah. a hammer. Yeah. And that just torques your front hand, yeah. the whole bow, everything gets everything. twisted. So, um, yeah, if I could go back and teach myself how to shoot a back tension release. And not have it take me two years to figure out how to use one. Mm-hmm. That would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. I lost quite a few arrows. Slam fire. In open fields trying to learn how to shoot a back tension. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that didn't do it. You know, you go to draw the bow back and the release goes off. I've done that at tournaments. Yeah. 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 It, was a, it was a steep learning curve. Yeah. So that's why if anyone has any need for help... I'm more than willing Holler to because I've been through the struggles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and why not reach out to someone who has the experience and, yeah. and you know, that that wisdom of, you know, learn from someone else's mistakes as much yeah. as we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm super hard-headed and I like to learn from my own mistakes. Yeah. You know? And that's okay. Yeah. As, as long as you, you learn and you move forward. Yeah, exactly. You know, staying in my ways is yeah. the worst possible thing yeah. ever. You know? Um so are there any standout archers targeted You know what though? I'm not gonna lie, man. It's not that good a coffee. I told you. I know you did. Yeah. That was one of the first things that you said to me. Have you ever had this coffee? It's not that good. Yeah. And it's not. I will agree with you completely. Um are there any standout archers that you have in your mind that have been, you know, like target archers that are role models that you like guys that you look up to in the industry that just slay it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back when I first got heavy in a target, you know, I was constantly YouTubing and, you know, listening to different podcasts on target stuff. Yeah. Which back then there wasn't really anything. Um, you know, like Levi Morgan, he stood out to me. You know, I, he has a lot of tech videos that he did on kind of... That's where I learned a lot of my stuff. Yeah. Between trial and error is looking at these other pros that, you know, are doing it. Yeah. And they put out a, a how-to video or, you know, two-minute clip on paper tuning or stabilizer setup. So, you know, you know, watched a bunch of those. Um, you kind of... Uh, I became really good friends with the with the Wild family, mm-hmm. um, Real Wild, Logan Wild, and their father D. Mm-hmm. They've been in the archery world for I forever, mean, forever, yeah, like twenty years, just absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and that's the guys who kind of lean forward a little bit yeah, with the hip, yeah. Okay, so those guys, you know, I, I became good friends with them. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, Logan actually invited me out to his house in. Uh, Utah. Uh-huh. So I went out there and stayed with him for about a week and, you know, he helped me kind of really fine tune yourself, myself, yeah. my, my equipment, you know, kind of, <clears throat> I thought, I felt like I was a pretty good archer then, 
mm-hmm. but you know just kind of needing to get over that that last little hump mm-hmm. you know and uh, going over there and spending that time with him and really helped that really helped me kind of fine-tune how get, cool is that yeah man? it was it was a great experience yeah I so, mean just for him to even invite <clears throat> you out and have yeah you know. it, it, I you know I talked to him all the time before that at different shoots and stuff and yeah and I told him uh man I just need to I just need to get over this this little hump and kind of yeah. get me to that next level and he's like well come on out to my house you know yeah he invited me into his home yeah with his wife and his two kids yeah like, I was like oh that's great you know I'll come out I'll get a hotel yeah he goes forget it you're staying in my house yeah, he's like you're mine so SOB you ain't going yeah. nowhere yeah where are we, you going yeah nowhere we, we shot every day and yeah uh it was great you know it was a great experience and just seeing that you know he he paid it forward to me. Yeah. You know, helping me out. So now I'm, I just want to keep paying forward and yeah. helping people out. Well, and that, and that kind of goes into something you were talking about a little bit before of of the archery community just being really, you know, kind, generous, yeah. willing to help people. And that's, I don't want to say it's a lost art, but maybe somewhere along the way it could have gotten lost, you know. And it, I'm, I feel like it's way more on an upswing right now for hunters and archers, you know, for whatever across the board. Yeah. Right? I feel like we're kind of in this era right now where people are super willing or more willing to put more effort and energy into helping other people learn a mastery. Yeah. And, and become more proficient with whatever the skill may be compared to, you know whatever maybe 15 20 year gap i mean in my mind but maybe there never even was one yeah you know i just feel like with the sport archery and and hunting and sports growing in popularity so much in the last five years and continuing i feel like continuing to grow despite what a lot of people are saying yeah um you know that's just you know like like you were saying he invited you to his home and he gave you and dedicated time out of his life yeah to help you become yeah. proficient and a better archer. Yeah. You know, and, and that inspires you to go out and do exactly what he did with you with somebody else, you know, and paying it forward and, and continuing that cycle. It's, yeah. You know, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a good experience. So let's talk hunting. Yeah. 2018, what did you get into this past year? What, were, what hunts did you do? Hoppa! It started off great. It did. Absolutely great. Let's talk about it. January 1st. Boom. Boom. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Day. Me. Yeah. JoJo. JoJo. So New Year's Day, you and JoJo. Me, JoJo, and Hoagie. 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 Who else? That's it. Just the three. We grabbed our rifles. Okay. And we go, let's go. Let out of here like bats. Yeah. Just gone. Let's go pig hunting. Pig hunting. Yeah. Okay. About noon. We're like, let's just get an evening hunt in. Uh huh. What kind of rifle are you shooting? John Wayne. A John Wayne. A John Wayne gun. Yeah. Ooh. I got an old uh, Winchester 94 uh, 32 special. Uh huh. Built in 1932 special. Yeah. For piggies. It's a it's a rifle round. Yeah. Yeah. 180 yeah. gram bullet. Slut. Uh, old timer. Slinging lead. Yeah. Traded traded him some work a while back. One of my dad's old friends. Did some work and gave me a rifle. Uh huh. Things worth way too much money. I probably shouldn't have been on the field with it, but. 94? Yeah. 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 Octagon barrel or? No. no. But, you know, built in the 20s. Yeah. So, anyways, 
We're like, let's take our rifles, let's go pig hunting. We go up, uh, we go up to uh, a Golden Ram property. Uh huh. And uh, we're like, all right, where are we gonna go? He goes, uh, let's let's hunt the cable gate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and it's a nasty hike to get to the top of the ridge. Mm-hmm. So we're we all split up. I take the big ridge. Mm-hmm. Hoagie and Joe go down the middle because. That, that whole big area back there follows the uh, river. There's mm-hmm. a river that goes through. So I go up top. Hoagie and Joe go down the bottom. JoJo splits, goes up on the other ridge. So we're pretty much covered this entire yeah. two-mile-long drainage yeah. with fingers going every which way. Hunt all the way to the back. I don't know. It's like a mile up on top of that ridge. Uh-huh. They're down below. Nothing's happening. Um, and start working my way back. We got about maybe half hour light left, and I'm sitting on a rock, just glassing this big bowl. And something told me just to get up and keep going to go check this other little drainage mm-hmm. before it gets dark. And I'm on. I'm in contact with with those guys through our, uh, our radios. And they're not seeing anything either. They're seeing some sign. And pig hunting's been tough lately. Yeah. Up up in Lake Sonoma area? Yeah. It's it's bad. It's bad. I've never seen it this bad. So, I've seen some fresh sign, nothing big. Um, so, I'm working my way up on top of this ridge. And the ridge is only maybe 15 yards wide. Yeah. And it is nasty on both sides. Yeah. Like, straight down, nasty, steep. So I'm working my way across. I'm just slowly still hunting. I got the old John Wayne ready to go. Yeah, ready. Ready. Open sights. <laughs> and I'm, it's been so long since I killed anything with a rifle. A quick little backstory. A couple weeks prior to that, Joe and I were up, and I was like, I should probably shoot this thing. Uh-huh, just to check it out. Yeah. Make sure it still works. And, uh, and so I'm shooting. I feel like I'm shooting a little high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, so I'm thinking I'm shooting a little high, but right when we leave the truck, I go, man, I think I'm shooting a little high from last time, Joe. He goes, nah, you're good. Just, just put it right on. If you see anything and just shoot, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm still hunting on top of this ridge and creeping across. And all of a sudden I kind of pop up over this little knob and there's this big ass black pig, maybe 80 yards away, just staring at me mm-hmm. you know I was like what's that <laughs> and uh, I go oh crap that's a pig so I was pretty excited threw the gun up he's staring right at me and I'm like alright this is where I started talking to myself and I said just wait a second he'll turn broadside he knows you're there but he's not scared yeah just relax wait from the turn broadside yeah you know, because I was going to shoot him right in the chest, staring at me, but I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Just wait. So I waited a second. He turned broadside. Boom. Whack. Dropped him right in his tracks. Uh-huh. Did it, now, did it roll? It or? did. Okay. I ended up hitting him in the spine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I was shooting a little high. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but, and he, he had just enough kick... I racked another round in. He had just enough kick to get over to the edge. Mm-hmm. And once he hit that downhill, man, he didn't stop. 
and just rolled and rolled and rolled. Tumble. Tumble. So I run over to where he's at, and I can hear him rolling down the hill. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, this is this sucks. Yeah. And I knew I hit him high. So I got on the radio, and I was like, Jojo, I told you I was shooting high. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. So, so he probably thinks you missed or something. No, I told him I hit him right away. Oh, okay. Away. So I bailed down this hill. And I finally catch up to this thing about 150 yards later. He had stopped in a little in a little ditch, and uh, he still had a little kick left in. Put another round in him. Done. Yeah. So then you look back up the hill and you're like, I got to pack out of this hole. Yeah, and luckily, at the start of last deer season, I decided to start hunting out of my frame pack. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It's not much heavier than my. You it know, just makes pack. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I had my big pack with me, my big Kuyu pack. Yeah. Now, which pack are you running? 52? Or? That was the 72. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a big pack. Yeah. Wow. I recently just got a 32. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll start hunting out of that. Yeah. But I get on the radio, and those guys were only maybe 150 yards below me in mm-hmm. the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, they're working, hunting their way back to the truck. Yeah. So I'm on the radio, and I'm like, I got it, guys. I got it. You know, I was, I was pumped. Yeah. I didn't realize how big of a pig it was until I got up to him. Yeah. <laughs> he had almost four-inch teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. He was a beast. Yeah. So I'm looking at this thing. I couldn't even drag it out of the ditch by myself yeah. to even get it to a, a decent spot so I could work on it. Yeah. And below me, uh, Joe and Hoagie were cliffed, cliffed in. They couldn't they couldn't get up to me that way. Yeah. They had to cross a river. And it was just straight vertical. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just drag this thing down to you guys. So that didn't work. So they had to come up the ridge, down the ridge to me. Mm-hmm. It took them an hour. Oh, my God. By the, time, by the time they got to me, I already had the thing, you know, quartered out, back straps, tenderloins, everything. All in now, did bags. you gut it first or gutless? I had to gut it just to move it. Oh, really? It was that big. Oh, wow. It was that heavy. That's a big pig. And I could barely, once I gutted it, because I tried to move him, because I was going to do it gutless. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't move him. Yeah. So. Now, when you gut a pig, do you wear gloves? Just because pigs are nasty. No, I'm uh, no you just, shit. You just dig in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the pigs are gross. Like, yeah. they have, like, weird infestations on yeah. them. And... It, was, it was weird. Uh, I've seen a lot of dead pigs, been yeah. around guys that... Hans, he's the luckiest guy I know. What, for killing pigs? He slays pigs. He slays pigs. So I've helped him many times, and he's like, I've heard stories of the big pigs like that. They stink, and they're no good eating. Um, This pig was good. That pig was just bomb. Golden. Didn't stink, even before I got What time of year? January? January. Makes sense. January 1st. Yeah. So we got the thing all game bagged up, and I was on the radio like, dude, I'm deep in this canyon. This is going to suck. Yeah. Uh, and I'm taking this head out with me. Mm-hmm. And that's going to suck. Yeah. But it, this it's happening. Yeah. You know, he was big enough. I probably could like shoulder mounted him or something like that. Oh, but wow. I'll do a Euro. Yeah. I should have brought the skull over. You should have. That would have been yeah. cool. I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, you're going to have to send me a few. Yeah. But that was a you know, great start. We ended up back in the truck at like 11. Yeah. You know, it was, it was great. You know, the boys helped me out, pack that pig out. So January 1. January 1, I was on starts the board. Starts 2018, on the board. On the board. Success. Success. The cloud is lifting. Yeah. The 
Yeah. Right? And that was the first thing I ever shot with a rifle in probably six or seven years. Okay. But it was with the old John Wayne. Yeah. Sides. Yeah. Lever action. Yeah. That was badass. Yeah. So, we did that. Did a little, uh, I shot a turkey. Okay. Uh, spring season. Shotgun? No. With Archery? Bow. Yeah. Okay. Dude, those turkeys are rough to shoot with a bow. Dude, they're they're hard. I can't um, I can't even begin to try to say how many turkeys I've hit with a bow and not penetrated them and just like slipped off their feathers, cut penetrated plenty of feathers. Yeah, off of that turkey. Turkeys, but they got like their kill. Their it's like two inches, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe a golf ball and a half size. Yeah, so yeah. You gotta you gotta hit them good. Yeah. So we got some turkeys in the books. Um, that's when I've shot so many turkeys. I've never killed a turkey with a gun. Really? Never. Huh. Always with the bow. Huh. It's funner. Yeah. So we got some turkeys in. Uh, uh, did some more pig hunting with the bow to no success. Not even seeing any. Yeah. Got into A-zone archery for deer. Um Seen some does. We hunted. You know, I didn't didn't get to hunt as much as I usually do this year, um, but still got out. Now, was that because your competitive season, your art, your target season was um, still going, or just life in general? And, you know, yeah. tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So that happened. Nothing during archery a zone. Didn't even see a buck. Mm-hmm. Um. Got into. I didn't hunt general A zone for rifle. Uh-huh. Went right into B zone archery. Hunted up out of Covalo. Yeah. Um, some guys up there were having some success. Uh, just I couldn't get into them. It was we had the the big fire. Yeah. Um, pretty much everywhere in California was right. on fire. So it's still on fire. Yeah, it's still on fire. It's not going to stop. No. But it was super smoky, you know, opening weekend. It was hard hunting. It was hard to hike in just because the smoke was so thick. Yeah. Um, that affects everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. So I made a few trips up to B-Zone with, with no success. Um, but then, uh, let's see. That was pretty much California mm-hmm. deer hunting right there. Yeah. Out the window. Um, I did go to Colorado. For elk hunting trip, that was a blast. Absolutely great time. So, what happened in Colorado? Um, a buddy of mine, we call him Colorado Mike. Mm-hmm. Great guy. He's got some property out there just south of Steamboat Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got like three hundred fifty acres, but uh, his his whole property is surrounded by forest land. Yeah. So, I fly into Denver. He picks me up. I'm going for like a week and a half. You know, my wonderful wife lets me go do these hunting trips and tournaments. Watches the kid. Watches the kid. Takes care of things. Takes care you know. of everything. Yeah. So, definitely got a winner there. Yeah. But uh, I don't have a wife problem yet, so no. We, I'm still free to do any uh, single ladies listening. Fuck off. I'll give you Andy's cell phone number. <laughs> you <can> eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> sweatpants all day <laughs> all day for like a week straight man. <laughs> feeling pretty good about it so anyways we uh, uh he's been seeing bulls good up, bulls up just just decent okay you know some raghorns some nice five by fives um 
and his we don't hunt his place we use his place as a base camp yeah um he lives down in the valley the elk just aren't in the low so what elevation are you saying when he lives down in the valley uh his property is right about eight thousand feet oh okay so it's up there so it's 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 up there just in that in that area it's it's in the low spot yeah so we we would uh we hike up until about nine to ninety five hundred feet we set up a base camp up there you know uh we packed in like coyotes you know that's how mike said it yeah we go we're gonna pack in light Mm -hmm. because we're gonna be hungry Mm -hmm. and it's gonna make us hunt better Mm -hmm. i don't know if that necessarily worked because i was hungry and I didn't kill nothing. And you were irritable. <laughs> but I was pumped. Mike Mike had been seeing some bulls. <clears throat> I went uh, pre-rut mm-hmm. just because we do hunt the public land there. Um, and once you get kind of into that magical middle of September, uh, muzzleloader muzzle opens, so you get kind of more people hunting in that area. Yeah. But. Um, so you have muzzleloader and archer at the same time? Yeah. Okay. But I was actually preseason, so muzzleloader didn't start yet till like a week later when I after okay. I got there. So okay. um, Mike had been seeing some bulls, so we went to where he seen, you know, to the best spots he knows, and he knows those woods good, and yeah. it's thick, really yeah. thick country. Uh, you got your aspens, you got your dark timber. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little warm, wasn't too hot, but you know our plan was to stick to the water. And hunt these certain areas where he's been seeing some elk. Yeah. <clears throat> we get up to this beautiful hillside. It's kind of open. It's got some little bit of oak brush in it. You know, aspens around, some dark timber around, but kind of open hillside. And it was just chock full of elk beds. Really? And it stunk. Like elk. Just beautifully of elk. Isn't that the best smell ever? Dude, it is. It's like, it's, it's pungent, but yeah. it's a good pungent. When you're hiking through the woods and you smell this odor... You're like, okay. You get excited. Yeah, game on. Game on, because yeah. there's elk there. Yeah. So we pretty much stuck to that area the entire time. <clears throat> um, I think it was the first or second morning we got up into that area, and there's a really good wallow. Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, well, let's just set up in here. We'll, we'll work the wind. Wind was perfect. We set up like 50 yards from this wallow. It was right below us. Maybe about eight o'clock. We haven't really been. We haven't heard anything. We haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. We know the elk are there, mm-hmm. but nothing's showing up. So Mike's like, "Why don't you just rip a bugle?" I'm like, "All right, you know, I'll get the bugle tube yeah. out. I'm excited." Yeah. And he goes, "Just rip a baby bugle because we don't want to scare anything off." Yeah. So I just do this quiet little. You know, baby, bu- bugle. baby bugle. I call like, it. Come fight me, cause I'm small. Yeah, like <clears throat> I'm just barely here. My balls just dropped. Maybe that type of bugle. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, right to our right, come blasting down the hill is a cow and a calf, mm-hmm. and just a nice little five by five. Uh huh. He's got this cow already. Yeah. It's it. That's his cow. That's his woman. He's not letting no one take her. No. He was he was she scared. was trying to it sounds like she was trying to yeah, get some mouse. I heard her mew. Yeah. Right before they ran down this hill. Yeah. So I was like, Mike's like, There's a cow. There's a calf. There's a bull. 
So I'm like excited. You know, arrows are already pounding out yeah. of your chest. So I throw my diaphragm in real quick. Yeah. And I give it. I give a couple mew mew mew. You know, a couple quick cow calls. Yeah. And that thing puts the brakes on. And he looks back. Like, he I'm looks gonna go back. pull myself another chick. Yeah. He he was excited. He and then ran straight for us. Yeah. I thought it was it was game on. Yeah. So he runs straight up to me. Uh, just the way my luck works all the time. Mm-hmm. He stops perfectly like 30 yards behind some brush mm-hmm. and just staring up at us. Yeah. It, range is already done. Arrows knocked. I'm ready to draw. And this thing turns and chases this cow down the hill. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn it. But that was cool. Yeah. You talk about getting excited. Yeah. You got an elk running up on you. That gets you excited. Yeah. So... Um, that's kind of how the trip worked the entire time. We yeah. Would, we get into a situation, we, we get a bull come in, yeah. and they weren't talking. So is that your first time having a bull come in at you that close? Uh, no, I, I went to that same spot uh, two or three years back. Okay. And had a, a monster 6x6. Six six, oh, really? Like 35 yards from me. And oh, wow. Last last evening. Yeah. Same thing. So. Oh. Uh, the the very first time I had a just I had a cow within range. Yeah, dude, I was pumped, ready dude, I, to go. I went into this hunt <clears throat> just wanting meat. Yeah, I says I told Mike I says we're we're hunting for a cow. Let's hunt for a cow, and because I had either sex tag. Yeah, and if a bull comes, it's just bonus. Yeah, so like let's hunt for cows. Yeah, and the entire trip all we seen were bulls. Right. <laughs> Where the time before all we seen were cows. Yeah, which. Only seeing bulls—that's not a bad. That's thing. not a bad. That's no. not a bad problem. It was though. awesome. Yeah, we had four or five different bulls in range. Yeah, um, in bow range. Just when you hunt such thick country, I mean, it's you just don't get a shot. Yeah, um, I had one at sixty-four yards, arrow knocked, perfectly broadside, no brush in the way, but he was staring at me. Yeah, and I was trying to be patient. For him maybe turn his head, I get drawn and make the shot. Yeah. But he ended up running off. But uh yeah, I came down the last evening, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. Because yeah. I tell you what, that last day, that last evening, the last half hour of light, yeah, shake and go down. Right. And it did. Um we get into this spot. Um nice little nice little uh little flat ridge uh-huh. come down into a little drainage some openings some aspens the creek run through we're set up in there and we're waiting it's about an hour till dark and uh nothing's coming out and uh mike's like let's just work our way around the ridge and see you know we'll just give it one last go what's happening yeah yeah we're creeping around i kept i kept telling mike i was like man i hear something up on top of that little flat like, I don't know if it's a squirrel, bird, or what, but, you know. Something's just, going down. Just something. Yeah. So we work our way up, and we're kind of slowly creeping, and it's now about a half hour till dark. And we kind of peek around this bend, and Mike, he, he's got the eye. He's like, there's an elk. I'm like, what? What? Elk? You're all where? Oh, dumb pumped. Yeah. He goes, there's there's elk right there. And I kind of look and look, and I'm like, where's that? And I finally see it, and it was a, a bull. Mm-hmm. Just a, a nice five by five. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing special. 
But Raglan. I was, yeah, but I was okay. like, all right, let's do this. Win was perfect. Everything finally went in my favor. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, all right. So we, we creep in. We get a little bit closer. I don't know, we're like 70 yards out. Yeah. I take my boots off. I'm trying to as quietly and slow and but quickly as possible make my way through the, the deadfall, mm-hmm. the broken branches, the pine cones, you know, because all that shit's hella loud. Yeah. And it's hard to hunt. Yeah. So I creep in and Mike's like giving me the wave, like, stop. Well, not only that, too, when you're creeping through that stuff, you're so on edge that everything, every sound that you hear is, or that I hear for me in that situation, every sound is amplified times 10. Yeah. So, I mean, you might not be able to hear it two feet away. But because I can hear it where I am, yeah. it sounds like you can hear it 30 yeah, it yards away. Yeah, it sounds like it's through a, through a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Amplified. Yeah. Boom. So, you guys are creeping through. Creeping through. I get about 50 yards. You know, the elk, I finally cleared some trees. Mm-hmm. I finally got a shooting lane. The elk's feeding away from me. Yeah. Just doesn't know I'm there. No big deal. Everything's perfect. Yeah. I range it 50 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm like... I got this. I shoot a single pin, just in my sight. Yeah, fifty yards. It's a cakewalk for you. Cakewalk. Yeah, I'd have taken that shot at ninety with confidence. Yeah. Right. So, Mike's back behind me. He's got the binos. I'm sitting there. He's feeding away. He stopped. He starts. I can see him. He's gonna start turning broadside. Yeah. I said, "This is it. This is it. We're good. Shit's going down." Yeah. So I draw my bow, anchor, everything's perfect. I put it right behind the shoulder, ooh, execute the shot, whack. Meat smack. No. Oh. Bone smack. Bone smack. Yeah. Hit him oh, in the shoulder. Oh, no. Um, arrow went in like two inches. Oh, no. And just kind of flopped down. Yeah. Just stopped. Yeah. Uh, he ran like 30 yards. So, real quick, what grain arrow are you shooting? I'm shooting a 460 grain arrow. Yeah, what speed? A, uh, I never chronoed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, 460 grain arrow. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's a good arrow, but the only thing Mike and I could think of, I mean, people could say it's buck fever or elk fever, yeah. but I felt very confident in the shot. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is... I was so focused on behind the shoulder, when he turned broadside, he brought that front leg back. Uh-huh. And I didn't didn't see it. Yeah. So I hit him right. I mean, height, everything was perfect. Yeah. You know, everything went where it should have went. It just, I don't think I His caught, bone placement was not what caught, you thought it was. Yeah. So that bull, he ran off like 30 yards. He was at 80 yards. Staring at us. Mike got on the cow call real quick. Yeah. Stopped. So he's not even phased. No. He, he's sitting there he's looking like at us. He's like hardly even injured. He's looking at us. He looks back at the arrow. Mm-hmm. He looks at us. Looks back at the arrow. Looks at us. And walks off. Oh, no. Yeah. So did you ever retrieve your arrow? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's how you found right it was like two, in, two inches yeah. of blood on it. Yeah. It was, it was pretty devastating. Yeah. You know, but... That's hunting. How'd, yeah, how's that feel? How'd that feel? It sucked. 
Rough. Might have consumed a few adult beverages that night. That night, just to yeah. wash away the pain. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was a... It sucked. I didn't kill anything. Yeah. And that's, I think, my fourth elk hunting trip. and still have yet to kill an elk. Harvest an elk. Yeah. Okay. But hunting public land mm-hmm. with a bow uh, in super thick cover. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. And I had an opportunity, and it just didn't work the way I wanted it to. Yeah. But um, my... He sent me a video the last day of season, and that elk was, was running around screaming his head off. Having a great day. Yeah. Not even faced. No. Well, that's got to make you feel better. Yeah, no, I, I knew, we both knew it wasn't a fatal shot. Yeah. Um, and then to know that later on it didn't get infected, yeah. you know, and it didn't so, go off and die from infection or yeah, something else, no, that's it, great. Because that was like two weeks later, so. Yeah. Um, we both, we, we had a few drops of blood. We heard that elk that same night. You know, it ran off and started barking at us. Uh-huh. So it, that's the only thing that relieved my mind yeah. is that it wasn't a fatal shot. Yeah. You know, I didn't gut shoot it. or Yeah. If that if it, his arm, his leg was two inches forward, it had been done. Yeah. Just the way it works. Yeah. But, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. I got to tell you a funny story real quick. Yeah. Um, it was a couple nights before that. Mike and I got into this uh, beautiful stretch of aspens, like mm-hmm. a row of aspens mm-hmm. and a row of dark timber. Yeah. And he's like, he's this like, son, yeah. we're going to kill an elk in here tonight. Yeah. So I was excited. Yeah. And uh, Mike, he he ain't afraid of nothing. Yeah. Except for moose. There's moose up there. Yeah. Mountain lions, bears, doesn't matter. He ain't, he's, he's a mountain man. Yeah. Those some straight cowboys that live up there. Yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't think of it looking at him. He's a dainty little man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a badass. Yeah. He's sleep up in the woods. Savage. Yeah. So we're we're like, he's like, all right, go on the other side of the dark timber. I'm going to stay in the Aspens, and we're going to call a bull off that hillside. And he's going to come down, and he's not going to expose himself to where I'm calling. So he's going to come through that dark timber and then pop out. So he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He, yeah. He's a... He's a he says that he's a, a great hunter but a horrible killer because mm-hmm. he he likes to call things in and he starts to look at them and then by then they walk off and he goes, man, I should have shot that. Uh. <laughs> but So we're sitting there and it's like 15, 20 minutes before dark and he's cow calling mm-hmm. and we're not getting any calls back but we're expecting that and then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know, 40 or 50 yards away in the dark timber yeah. on the other side of it. And I hear just complete mayhem over by uh, by Mike. The brush is crashing. I'm like, what did, What just happened? Uh-huh. Oh, first I was like, just my luck. Mike called in something and he shot it. Because that's what it sounded like, something blowing through, uh, blowing through the brush. Like it just you know, either got spooked or shot or something. Yeah. I was like, damn it. <laughs> But then I was like, sweet, Mike shot something. So I worked my way over to Mike, and he's standing there, and I'm like, what happened? Like, did you shoot something? He goes, man, let me tell you what. Oh, no. I mean, he's laying right on the edge of this creek. Yeah. Calling, and he's just laying down. 
And he's calling, and he hears something behind him down in the creek, like 20 yards. Yeah. So he looks back, and there's a, a sow with two cubs. Oh, no. Big sow. Yeah. Beautiful sow. She's all cinnamon with four black legs. Oh, wow. She's badass bear. That's kind of neat looking. Yeah. So he's like, like I said, he's not scared of much. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. He keeps cow calling. Next thing you know, he hears, hears her getting a little closer. So... Mike and 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 all his funniness and greatness, he's a he starts whispering to the bear. Yeah, he's saying and he's waving his hands. He's going, get out of here. Yeah, get go go get. away. He's whispering at this thing. It's a, a big ass sow with two cubs. Yeah, and he's whispering at it. Yeah, I'd have shit my pants. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying and not to ruin the elk. He's time. trying not to ruin the elk. Savage, time. right? There. And he's whispering at this bear to leave. Yeah. So what does what does she do? She's like, well, what's that little guy up there? So I'm gonna keep coming She's closer. She's like, I'm gonna keep getting closer. <laughs> so she gets closer and closer and closer. And now Mike stands up, still whispering at this thing, saying, "Get out of here! Go get!" It. <laughs> He's telling me the story. I'm dying laughing. Next thing you know, she stands up on her hind legs. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. So he reaches down and grabs his pistol. He's like, I don't want to have to shoot you. Won't you get on out of here? Yeah. And she drops down and, and blows out. He's like, damn, that was close. So he took his rangefinder and ranged it. She was standing up on her hind legs at six yards. Oh, my God. Yeah. At six? Six yards. Oh, wow. And he's whispering at her. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was nuts. Ugh. That's oh. uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially with cubs. Yeah. She had two little cubs. Yeah. And uh, that's the, the noise I heard, her crashing through the brush. Yeah. Not at all. Getting like, hit. You're, you're a badass. Yeah. I, I'd have freaked out. Yeah. So, when you're on a mountain, are you shooting fixed blades or are you shooting mechanicals? Uh, I shoot mechanicals. Yeah? Yeah, I shoot the Rage. Yeah. Which Rage? Hypodermic? Yeah. How do you like those? I love them. I mean, they're... They're yeah. good, except for if you shoot an elk in the shoulder. And then they don't penetrate? No. It's... But I don't think anything penetrates elk in the shoulder. It might not. Might not. Maybe a heavier arrow? A 560? Nah, that's just a spot you don't hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay yeah, away from I've that shoulder. I've heard guys shooting them in the shoulder with a rifle. and then Just get them. away. Yeah. Yeah. So. Resilient animals. Yes. Yeah. Big time. But they came home empty-handed with some great stories. Uh-huh. I'll go back. Yeah. I'll go back. Keep at it. Yeah. That's the hunter's life. Yeah. No matter how many times we fail. Because yeah. we fail as hunters way more than we're successful. Way more. Because you go on a 10-day hunt and you maybe tag out your last day eight, day nine. Yeah. How many hunts happened between day one and day nine that were unsuccessful hunts on a daily basis? Yeah. Three hunts a day? Yeah. Four hunts a day? Yeah. Two hunts? A lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're talking now at the end of a trip, you know, you're 20 to 40 hunts deep. Yeah. You know, just in different hunts throughout the day. But you know? my experience there in Colorado just shows you that it was literally the last half hour light. On and the I last day. I got a shot opportunity. Yeah. So. Hold out. You just can't. No, don't hold out. Shoot the first thing you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, stay there. But yeah. Stay there. Keep, don't give keep up. Hunting. Keep going. I wanted, I wanted to. 
I was like, nah, let's just stay at the house and let's just barbecue and drink some beer and hang out and have a good time. Yeah. Vacation. No. 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 Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Just keep at it. Yeah. So, what kind of, you said you shoot a Matthews? Yeah. So, what Matthews are you shooting now? Uh, My hunting bow is uh, the Triax. Uh huh. Came out last year. How do you like it? Uh, You know what? I was being so heavy in a target Mm -hmm. and shooting target bows which are a lot longer axle to axle bows yeah i was very skeptical of shooting such a short bow Mm -hmm. you know that triax is uh 28 inches axle to axle yeah and compact compact yeah Uh, which i'm used to shooting a 38 inch to 40 inch axle to axle target bow that's a big machine that's a big machine so the way the string angle is when it comes off is is completely different mm-hmm. so i was pretty skeptical at first uh until i got it and actually shot it mm-hmm. i mean i knew it was going to shoot great yeah matthew does not come out with a bad product yeah they make amazing gear uh reliability is off the chart mm-hmm. you know shootability the uh how smooth how nice they are to draw how quiet they are they always make good product i knew it wasn't going to be a bad bow yeah i was just skeptical yeah. I got the Triax, started shooting it. I mean, 80 yards, I was put in a softball size group. Oh, you can't beat that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great shooting bow. Yeah. Um, so I'm shooting that. And it doesn't vibrate. No, it, at it all. is dead in your hands. Dead. You don't get any shock. Yeah. So do you shoot a Matthews for target bow as well? I do. So what Matthews target bow? I'm shooting the TRX 38. Uh huh. Um, it's a 38 inch axle to axle bow with a seven and a half inch brace height. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, f- very forgiving bow. Uh, and just along with the hunt bow, it's a v- very easy bow to shoot. Yeah. It's very smooth. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about sound. Yeah. You know, how, how quiet a bow is for target, but it's still a, a great shooting bow. So... Do you think this year you'll change the bow that you use? Or are you going to um, continue with both? Are you going to change one and, and keep the other? or What's your plans for your, your bows this year? I haven't decided. I'm, I'm going to keep shooting the TRX 38 for target. Uh-huh. Um, Smooth spot. That's just a good deal. Yeah, you can't beat that bow. It's yeah. It's just such a good, I can shoot it so well. Um, they got a new bow will be launching tomorrow. They got three new bows coming out, Matthew. So. Yeah. I want to see that vertex. Vertex? Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to see I'm them. pretty excited for They'll that They'll be boat. down at the shop tomorrow. Yeah. I think all three of the, the ones that come out. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll be switching my hunting bow or not. Uh-huh. Um, see how that one goes? Yeah. Yeah. Just depends on... How it goes. How it goes. And, yeah. But... Yeah. So, we always do this part of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Which is diving into Dead Eye Outfitters so and their apparel, right? Yeah. Are you? Oh, from the barbecue last year. Yeah. What hat? I got a couple hats. You want a hat? I don't need a used up hat. I never used them. Oh, okay. I got plenty of hats. Perfect. I'll give you one. All right. Um, solves that. You got anything else you want to complain about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Kill <laughs> <Feel> anything. <laughs> You're all shit. Um, so that being said. Right? Me and the Dead Eye Boys, Anthony, we all like to get together, you know? Yeah. Get a little crazy, you know, get a little weird out here, you know? So. I can't wait. 
if you were trapped in a house and like we're on some saw, right? Like this is saw, the movie oh. saw, right? And you, your options were to get out. You're either, you're either handcuffed or, or ankle cuffed and you have to cut your leg off uh-huh. with a bone saw to get out. Or you have to crawl through a tunnel and belly crawl, right? Army crawl through a tunnel of hypodermic needles in glass cases, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to get out? Are you going to saw your leg off? Or are you going to crawl through the tunnel of needles? Yeah. That's some twisted shit. Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> come to my fun house. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I'm in your house right now. You are. You should come upstairs. He did barricade the door so no one comes out here. I'm yeah. kind of scared now. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one. How, how long is the tunnel i got to crawl through? 25 yards. 25 yards or saw my leg off. Yeah. I think I'll go through the tunnel. Of needles. Yeah. Just glass shards going in your whole body and needles yeah. sticking you. Yeah. Just penetration. I mean, I guess, it, are you going to live either way? You're going to live. Either way, you come out, you're going to live. Okay. But, yeah, I'll go I mean, one way you have thousands of needles have penetrated your entire body. Yeah. Or the other way, you just cut your leg off. Yeah, I think the after they're both gonna suck. <laughs> they're both gonna, <laughs> they're both gonna suck. really in their suck. own different way. But at least if you go through the tunnel, at the end, once you're all healed, you still have your leg. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you can still walk around. Yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go through the tunnel. You're going through the tunnel. I'm going through the, the dead eye tunnel. The dead eye tunnel. Okay. Dead eye tunnel. Okay. Do you have any concluding thoughts? No, this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, if you're a hunter and never have bow hunter and you never have shot tournaments, try it. Come check it out. You like it. Yeah. You don't have to get as crazy as I get and go full target bows and travel all over to shoot tournaments, but come out May seventeenth to the May weekend. May seventeenth to last the chance broadhead last shoot. Chance broadhead shoot. West Camp Coast out Archer. with us all weekend long. Camp out will be a blast. That's going to be so much fun. But definitely go hit up a tournament or two. And practice. Mm-hmm. People don't practice. Yeah, that's any advice I could give. You definitely need to go practice, 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 practice. And uh, also next, uh, what Sunday the eighteenth? Yeah, West Coast Archery Customer Appreciation Day. Yeah, that's coming up. That's coming up. Yeah, this podcast won't come out until December. So, oh, it sucks. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. We, yeah. We can still try. We can try. Should try and show up on December 8th. Yeah, what's on December 8th? I don't know. You should just be there. Top secret? Yeah. All right. I'll be there. Yeah. 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 It'll be a good time. It will be. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anthony yeah. and I are super appreciative that you're willing to take time out of your life and yeah. come talk to us about your hunting season. That's and great. You know, target archery, and yeah. I'd love to dive into more stuff maybe with you in the future, or maybe get you and Hans together. Yeah, and we can get collaborate. Technical. Yeah, and get get technical yeah. on you know like arrows and fletching and and yeah. broadheads and yeah. fixed blade mechanical, all the different you know yeah. targets and hunting bows and everything. I got a seminar coming up. Do you? Yeah, at West Coast Archery. When's on, that? Uh, hold on, Adrian will kill me if I get the date wrong. Mm. 
uh, seminar on the 18th. December. December 18th. December 18th. West Coast Archery. It's okay. A Tuesday. Uh, start at 7 o'clock. Right on. We're going to go over some uh, mental game. Mm-hmm. How to, how to work, it, work through the mental side of it. Um, so that'll be really great. Right on. West Coast Archery Petaluma, December 18th. Yeah. Mental game. Mental game. Right on. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the Flip Flop Guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button. 